Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. We've got another special guest on today. We've got a great guest today, David Woods. Now, David Woods is a, a fellow PGA coach. He's also the director of golf at the Vintage Club, an amazing golf club in Palm Springs. And David's also just a great professional in the golf industry, looking to grow the game, really cares about helping golfers. So we wanted to get David on today to talk specifically about really the role of the hands in the golf swing, how important they are, they play a key role. David's also very proactive. He's one of the creators of the Plane Mate, if you've seen that training aid over the last couple of years on social media, which I'm sure you have, which has done amazingly well. He's also created a brand new product called the Pro Sender, which is all about really educating the hands within the golf swing. We thought we'd get him on today to really dive deep into a really important part of the swing, which a lot of people get wrong, but also overlook. And this is just a really great chat about what David's learned over the years, not only working with some real top level players, but also coaching a lot of amateur golfers, the mistakes that they make in the golf swing, how that really then affects impact in the ball flight, and what you can learn and understand about the hands to hopefully help your game as well. Now, if you listen to this, make sure you screenshot this tag ourselves and David Woods in. So without further ado, please welcome David Woods to the podcast. David, welcome to the podcast. How's things over in uh, Palm Springs? That rhymed, actually. Things are good. Things are good. It's actually been an unseasonably cool winter, I guess, everywhere. But uh, for us here in the desert, where we're used to uh, sunshine and uh, the odd pool day, uh, there has not been there hasn't been a day that I didn't have a vest on so far. And we're into April, so it's been a little different for us, but all is well. Good, good. Well, it's great to have you on. And we've talked, we've spoken so much. And uh, um, obviously, we've been over to visit you at your place, which is incredible. Um, and, and just before we we sort of sort of not scripted out this, but put some bullet points down. There's so many things that we could talk about in golf. There's so many things and lessons that you can share with the audience today. But we said, well, it makes sense to focus really on on the role of the hands. And look, recently you, you and Sean Foley have brought out the Pro Sender, and it's all about really educating the hands in the golf swing. So we thought we'll dive into this topic today because. This area of the game, certainly amongst amateur golfers, is often overlooked. And we know that often the bigger movements in the golf swing, how the body reacts, is often to the hands. So we thought, well, let's let's dive into that and just go a little deeper and just talk about really what the what the listeners can can learn about the how the hands should be working in the golf swing. So let's kick off really from your experience then, David. Where do you see the golfers are? Are getting it wrong in terms of just the way i mean let's go broad just the way their hands are moving within the golf swing yeah no i think that's a valid point um to, to sean and i the the hands and the wrist conditions are the gps of the golf swing uh it's what's holding the grip which is directing the club face um i think where some golfers get in trouble is there's so much information out there and matchups, you hear that term if you're, you know, doing a deep dive golf junkie style of, uh, of hunting for, for information, but uh, it, it really plays a role. And not everyone's able to get their body into the correct position to uh, complement a hand position that they've maybe read about or that they've seen a tour player use. Um, however, you know, our thinking, at least uh, my thinking early on with the with the pro center was how do we just take a, a deep dive look at what the vast majority of the top players over the course of time have looked like during the course of their golf swing and, and, and most significantly at the top of their swing. 
And that just, you know, uh, overwhelmingly is a flat lead wrist and an extended right wrist or trail wrist. Uh, it, it just is what you see all the time. And I think uh, there you're, you're going to see a cross section of the PGA tour of, of different conditions. You know, you see Rory and he's got a little bit of a cup left wrist. He, he's got his, his lead arm across his body a little bit more. Um, that works for him. Uh, you'll see Dustin Johnson who's you know, in full flexion uh, of his lead wrist. Uh, but he's a massive rotator, Hovland, Morikawa, DJ, that, that type of player is such an athlete and can match up their wrist conditions with their body rotation, you know, to, to a level that the vast majority of golfer cannot even come close to attaining. So then you start looking back and say, okay, well, what's attainable? What applies to the vast majority of players? And that is what's kind of stood the test of time more flat left wrist trailing, you know, uh, extended right trail wrist um, to be able to get you in the appropriate amount of shallow, but the appropriate amount of steepness to be able to take a divot for these people who maybe don't rotate and get that club back out of the zero lines. So, you know, that's a long winded answer, but uh, that was kind of like the, the birth child of the pro center wrist cradle, which is um, what I came up with a couple of years ago, just kind of, you know, basically just trying to figure out a way for my wrist condition to get better, which I was getting a little cuppy and it just didn't feel right for my, my trail wrist to, to get into extension. And I, you know, the one thing about the golf swing is I feel like it's easier to attack things and work on things that are in front of your peripheral, uh, your posture, your stance, your, you know, your arm structure and address. But as soon as the hands and arms get behind your head, I feel like it's very easy to get lost in space and not know where the face is for a lot of players. So I thought if, you know, if we can get you in a position that kind of encouraged you to lay your hands in the correct position, but did not hold you or force you into that position um, where you had to, you as the golfer had to do a little bit more of the work. It gave you a chance to create a little bit more motor learning by feeling that touch sensory of, of the, the squishy padding on the inside of the pro center to lay it in there. And then it's your job to maintain that from the top of the backswing into P6, last parallel, last time the shaft's parallel to the ground, which allows you to have a little bit of trailing center of mass behind the hands so that when you do rotate and, and drive into your left side, you know, you can get a little bit more control of the ball flight and better, you know, create better ball strength. I think, I think the one big thing that we talk about a lot, myself and Andy now, and we actually probably mentioned it on the podcast we did last week, with the athletic motion guys was talking about how important the backswing is in creating the move that you want for, for the amateur golfer, you know, the pro guys and you get a load of them come to the vintage club in the off season around just after Christmas because they can do the course conditions. And obviously you're there, but they, you know, those guys can do kind of anything you could say to, you could say to yeah. Jason day, Jason, do this in your backswing and still see if you can hit it. And Oh, Oh yeah, he did. And then you could give them another backswing and then another backswing. And guess what? They're going to hit it most times really well whereas amateur golfers the average golfer really struggle with this so i suppose where i'm going with this is obviously with what you've discussing there with the pro sender it really does help the backswing there are things it can do in the downswing but it really helps the backswing but just furthermore to the to, to where we're going with this in the backswing what are what would you say the most common faults that you see from those wrist angles would you yeah. say that are we seeing more of a cut to like that, that extended wrist or is it going too much trying to follow trends what are you actually seeing more of 
Well, I, I would probably split it into two demographics. I would say the average golfer and the maybe, well, two things, the older golfer that's restricted in their, their, their thoracic mobility, it gets limited halfway back. And then you see the arm pull in and, and it reduces its ability to raise. Right. So you see a lot of that. And when people do that, they go into a cupped wrist condition. You see a lot of that in the amateur golfer. I, I think the the younger, you know, hot to trot golfer who watches a lot of YouTube videos, you see them trying to get crazy bowed because of all of our good friend, George Gankus, who's just been incredible, like what he's done for the golf business and coaching. And he's a great friend of all of ours. And I think that's amazing for those 25 year old guys who have, you know, this incredible ability to, to then lower, shallow, get around the corner and compress the heck out of it. It's an absolute uh, bomber's dream for creating, you know, power. Um, but I think there are a lot of people out there who just can't do that. So trying to find that balance because there is, you know, there, there's a position for everybody, right? Um, mm. Like we, we noted earlier, Rory plays from a pretty, you know, extended left wrist. Um, but obviously through the ball, he's unbelievable. Best player in the world, arguably. So, yeah, I, I think we see a little bit of both. I definitely see on the lesson tee way more extended left wrist, cupped left wrist versus overly, you know, flexed lead wrist. Um, I think that that position is harder to get into. I think it's a strain on the, on the hand or on the wrist muscles. I think it's hard in the forearms. If you're not really strong, I think it's harder to do that. I think it's great if you can get into that or some sem a semblance of that, but um, yeah, just ultimately uh, two things that, that we're trying to do at the top of the backswing. And that's like we mentioned earlier, create a flat left wrist mm -hmm. condition that's achievable, but also to limit the radial. So, you know, the wrist move in multiple ways, obviously ulnar to us, ulnar is down radial is how much we hinge back. And the vast majority of players that run out of torso rotation and their arm doesn't want to lift. They try to make up length of their backswing by hinging more. Well, the more we add these variables for the, for the not as good player, they get rid of it and start casting or they get steep and lag too much. So I want to feel like people are limited in that range, almost, you know, not Steve Strickerish, but kind of, because that promotes you to keep rotating and extend and get high arms, which creates a larger arc, greater radius and better ball striking. It all points it's, it's, into like, stay. It all points yeah, sorry, to just, again priming this backswing, and I think it, what's interesting about the pro sender as well, David, is that I think most golfers, even listening to this, they'll be aware of like setting the wrists and the way back. And you, you know, you talk about radial, and and that's what we're really talking about there, creating that set in the wrists. But as you mentioned, a lot of amateurs will go too much. But what's interesting about the the pro sender is that, that really a lot of it's governed by this trail wrist and actually getting this trail wrist into this extension here which is very different, isn't it? Because most golfers, I remember the training aid being the um, the swing guide, you know, you, you, it's all generally left wrist and, you you, you know, you're yep. trying to get that onto the left wrist. But what's been the feedback so far from having the focus on this? Because I think a lot of golfers, including myself, have often focused just on what this lead wrist, whether it's too cooked, whether it's too, maybe too bowed or whether it's setting enough. What's been the feedback so far on the trail sure. wrist? Yeah, I think it's good. I, I think if you take note of the vast majority of players, just use a right-handed golfer, you know, for the model, vast majority of right-handed golfers are also right-handed people. 
They throw with the right hand. They write with the right hand. I'm not. I'm the opposite. I, I write with my left hand, throw my left hand, play golf right. But if you were, if I was to ask you to skip a rock and you're right-handed, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to feel that obviously with your right hand, right? Your, your right wrist is going to be an extension. You're going to feel that little bit of, you know, internal rotation of that trail shoulder. And you're going to get into a position that would look pretty darn good with a golf club in your hand. Mm -hmm. So the, the concept of thinking more right-sided, I think is, is a good thing. I think the right hand can tend to overpower a lot of golfers vast majority of average players through impact. If we're looking face on, you see the club head passing the grip and we want you to have the ability, you know, I, I would, I would tell a, a tour player to feel like they're in the pro center to P six and then send it like, let, let that club head square up to the grip and, and release on their own pattern. But if I had a 15 handicap, I'm going to say, keep it in the, in the back of the cradle for as long as you can, because you know, we know it's going to come out a little bit. And we're trying to get that person to learn how to have a little bit of forward shaffling. But I, I definitely think the right hand is the culprit of many, many poor impact conditions for most players. Yeah, it's interesting. Just um, I'm just going back to for the for the it's difficult for the listeners sometimes because when we're talking about angles, they're trying they need sometimes <laughs> visuals. I'm trying to paint the right picture. I just remember a lesson, Pierce, when I years ago, I think it was, you know, we talked about having the waiter's tray on that right hand. I'm just trying to yep. paint the right visual here for people who haven't seen that pro sender. And when we're talking about extension of that trail wrist, that's what we're talking about. Imagine that you're carrying a waiter's tray on that trail arm. That's what that right wrist would look like, really. I'm always conscious when we do a podcast to try and match the visual Absolutely. to it as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. This all yeah. points to a video, surely. This all points to a video in the future. Come on. <laughs> and I and I think also appears um, just another just visual for, for the people that are listening is you know, when we talk about the, where the, where the shaft is leading into pre-impact of, you know, you know, we mentioned P6, but for those of, of you that don't aren't familiar with those position numbers, where the shafts last parallel to the ground. So pre-impact, what this causes you to do with that waiter's tray, when it transports down to last parallel, it keeps the, the trailing center of mass, the club head inside the hand path. And as the body's rotating and the grip starts working up and left, it allows the club head to work down and out slightly. By keeping the club head slightly inside the hand path, this all works, you know, to, to create a, you know, let's say a, a zero to a plus one path. Whereas letting that club head kick outside the hand path at that last parallel, and then people steepen and then get cut, you know, kind of swinging across it where we see a lot of people running into trouble. All sorts of badness can happen from there. All sorts of badness. Can no happen. kidding. For sure. Um, I, I was just, I, just one thing, one thought I was having there when you're talking about the swing guides, obviously the, the, the yellow apparatus and yep. um, I had a lot more, I had a lot more um, positives when I actually got it to go to the right forearm, yeah. you know, actually got it and actually moved it to the right forearm a hundred percent. And, you know, the understanding, as you say, a right-handed golfer will have a lot more awareness, especially, and I like how you spoke about this, especially when it goes out of view. If I'm actually having a swing now yeah. at home, actually, as soon as your hands go out of view, you're definitely having a hard time then because it's all really down to your hand-eye coordination then. So, yeah, interesting yeah. point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we, we, we touched briefly just kind of on the, the creation of the, the cradle, um, but I was just going to touch on how Sean Foley came in into the fold and, and became, you know, a, a partner of mine. 
Um, Sean every year comes to my club and we, we do a, a golf school for our members for the last, you know, 10, 12 years. It's fantastic. Sean stays in my house. We've become really good friends and we just got talking about this and I kind of showed him what I had, had created and he really liked it. And we just got talking about Lydia Ko, who he'd been at the time was had coached back to world number one. And I kind of asked him like, how did, you know, what was the process that you went through and how did you get Lydia back to her old self as, as being, you know, what we know her as being, you know, one of the best players in the world. And he said, mainly, I mean, there's a variety of things, but mainly they practice a lot with a very small ball between the wrists uh, and hit a lot of golf shots that way. Very, very small, um, slightly bigger than a tennis ball, but between the wrists in close. Uh, and I asked him why, why between the wrists? And he said, because of the forces and the torques applied to the grip in transition that can work for you or against you. And when you're, when you're torquing hard and the elbows are separating, we can steepen the shaft and when we're in control of those forces and squeezing the trail wrist into the lead wrist, we can work them in our favor. So we just kind of explored that a little bit. And I said, well, you know, there's something there for you. And long story short, we decided to do it together. So uh, that's when we came up with, with the compression sphere, which is flat on one side and Velcros to the inside of the, of the wrist cradle but it, it is completely collapsible. So you can, you can push this way in close, even if it's hitting the butt end of the club and not worry about whether it's interfering with your swing, because even the butt end of the club will, will depress it to not bother your, your striking. But it really allows for you to create that shallowing feel with the trail wrist pushing in as an added on. And we recommend people use this, you know, with more half shots than full shots. Um, but it's just a nice little added piece that can be, you know, attached to the, to the wrist cradle and also used independently when you're putting and you're chipping. And it's just kind of, it's been a, a good synergy and uh, partnering with Sean is, is like the two of you partnering together, a couple of guys that get along <laughs> great and just add value together. And it's, it's just been, it's been great so far. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have that sound. feedback. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It just no, happened. It's <laughs> nice to have that feedback. <laughs> Hi guys, one question we get asked all the time is how can I get coaching from yourself and Pierce? Now we do coach in person at the Grand here in San Diego, but for those who can't make it in person, we've built something that's just as good. We've created the Me and My Golf Academy. This is basically our online coaching academy where we've literally poured everything that we've learned from the best players and coaches in the world on not just about how to swing it great, but also what it takes to actually play great golf and get around the golf course in, in as least shots as possible because that's really the aim. There's over 17 specific coaching plans where we actually guide you through simple lessons that we know get results. Some of the most popular ones are total driving, break 90, ultimate irons and complete chipping. And we really believe that these are the best online courses on the planet to help your game. Plus, we have an amazing member community over there with loads of other benefits and discounts on some amazing brands. So if you're fed up of having too many swing thoughts and you can't figure out why you're so inconsistent and seeing no improvement, then give this a go and you can see if it's for you. Our members are seeing some incredible results in as little as only one week and we'd love to see if we can help you out with the game. So if you want to find out more, click the link in the show notes or simply download the Me and My Golf app. Let's get back to the show. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I've just got to let me go on this one, Andy. Sorry. So just the um just obviously when someone is aware of those wrist positions and they're then they're 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 looking at this and they're going, Well, look, I want to work now at my wrists, and I understand now, oh yeah, I've got a cupped wrist in there and 
I know what that's influenced, how that's influencing the club face, or it's a little bit too uh, bowed or flexed. How would you go about that process of of getting a golfer to work at that? You know, are we talking about lots of mini swings? Are we thinking about stopping at any stage in the swing, piecing it together? Do you like to keep it all flowing? What are your thoughts on how you would? Obviously, we know that the training aid can work, the pro center can work really sure, well. Sure. But how are you going to piece that together? I suppose. Yeah, for sure. With or without the training aid, I, I would definitely have people working a regimen of half swings, stop and go swings, using, uh, you know, hitting a nine iron off a tee, just clipping them out there. I like working full swings also, you know, slow stop and go full swings, just because I think that the, the half swings are great. And I think it's a great place to start, but you need to be able to reach your full, you know, capacity of your motion, uh, to get a feeling of where you are in space. Because again, I can control where my wrist angles are when they're in front of my peripheral. I feel like I can control this very well. Uh, as soon as it disappears behind my head, I feel like it is a little bit more difficult to know where you are in space. So I think going slow, hitting balls off a tee, just really trying to feel that, doing some pump swings, you know, the usual stuff. But yeah, you're if, if you can't do it slow, you can't expect to do it at, at full pace for sure. And it's something that, that takes a long time with the motor skill learning. You know, the, you know, the years, think about how long it took you to get to where you are, you know, compared to, uh, you know, where you're, where you're headed. So you got to put that time in and, and just uh, work from there. Yeah. I think, uh, I think most golfers are out there trying to do it so fast. They want the change quick. So they're like, they want to hit lots of balls thinking lots of balls will make the change faster, but it's, it's, it's having that feedback of going slow, really feeling the new motion and the, and the pattern that you're trying to create and, and, yeah. Once you start to repeat that, it just becomes easier. But you can't really, unfortunately, you can't really, um, you can't really rush the change, can you? Unfortunately, no. lots of golf balls, lots of golf balls for sure. I mean, I know you guys both work hard at your swings, and uh, you know we all work on similar things. I'd say the three of us are always mindful to be shallow, and and you know work at that. It's hard work, and you know it's years of working on it. It is. The problem with us as coaches, though, is we it's tatting around and changing all the time and go, oh, I'll just try oh this. God. I was working at this last month with a student. Like, it sounded good for me. I'll have a go at that. Before you know it, you have no idea where you are. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, that ruined me in my 20s when I first started coaching. I'm like, God, this was really successful with Mr. Jones here. I think I'll work <laughs> on this. <laughs> and you're trying something new all the time. But yeah, no, you finally realize you just you got to work in your own way and, and, and put the time in. There's no other way around it. Love it. Yeah. A question I've got, David, here is this something that's um, that always tends to get asked about. And, you know, golfers are very, very aware when, you know, they're looking at their golf swings now with mobile phones being easy to video golf swings. Um, they'll often see that they are dumping the shaft out early in terms of just releasing the angles very early in the backswing. And then they'll try and fix it. But they'll fix it without really understanding how to fix it. You know, I'm trying to hold. I'm trying to hold this lag because I'm throwing this angle out early, and then, you know, ultimately not leading to great results. So, as my question to you on this is for that person who goes, I know I'm releasing the club early. What things need to be in place in order for them to produce, you know, a great delivery and hold on to some of those angles in the downswing? What would you say to them that look, you need to check these things are in place first, so you can do this. Yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, it, it's an interesting question that I probably would have answered differently five, six years ago. Um, 
to me, I don't have a problem with people getting rid of the lag. I really don't. As long as that lag is headed down and behind them and they're equally rotating. At impact, we just need to have the appropriate amount of forward shaft lean and doesn't need to be that much, right? Depending on the type of shot you're hitting. I think where people get into trouble and, and feel the power losses when they're getting rid of the lag casting and it's going outside the hand path. That, that's where they really run into trouble and they haven't landed on the left side. They're not creating any ground force interaction. You know, to me, I, I think a lot of people, when they're trying too hard to hold the lag, but their body's not moving properly, all they're doing is narrowing. So I'm all for wide. Like I, I want people to feel a big wide arc. You know, if the wrists are in the right condition, where that center mass is behind the hand path, like the skier behind the boat that's turning up the lake, that's going to create the most amount of throw power. And you know, to me, that that's that's more the the, the direction I would send that person. And obviously, depends on the on the person's strength. Uh, making sure that you know the shaft they're using is is benefiting them and, and not working against them. Um, you know, like I coach all levels of player from PGA tour to, you know, 30 handicap, um, and getting the right equipment in the hands of the amateur is incredibly important. Um, so, I mean, those are, those are all things that I think need to go into, into play, but yeah, I'm not, I probably would have taught that person differently, you know, years ago, I would have been, you know, you know, you know, point the butt into the, at the ball and pull down on it as hard as you can, but now you realize that that just puts you in the excessive right side bend and then people's arms don't lower. And so I don't mind the getting rid of it. Just it's got to get rid of it behind you and turn that corner. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We would have been very much the same, you know, X amount of years ago, our response would have been very different and, and just understanding it now. And, and to be honest, we're, we're almost at the point now where we just almost want to ignore it, if that makes sense. And just yep. put the focus on the ball flight and actually say, you know, well, just, 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 if you can hit the ground about there, it's not a bad place to start. Let's have a go and see if you can do that, yeah. you know, Absolutely. as opposed to having that focus on it. And I think it's, and it is the issue that, that because golfers can now look and have a slow mo camera on their mobile phone, right. you think about when we all first started coaching, slow mo cameras were like, well, we didn't start with those. And then suddenly they appeared. Yeah. And went, oh, this is amazing. Look at this. But no one else had access to it. Now everyone's got access to it and it can be a dangerous weapon. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I answer. think, you know, just f furthermore, I think if people cannot chip the ball with forward shaft lean and a low point that's beyond the ball, if they can't do that, they shouldn't even be asking for help. They mm. should be asking for help with that. Yeah. Then yeah. building into their swing, because let's be honest, like a properly struck chip is a miniature golf swing. Mm. So if, if you can't have some element of lean at the bottom, and I'm talking about every club in your bag, other than driver, there's, you know, there's some downward, unless you're launching a high three wood off the ground, you know, if, if they could learn to get their weight into their forward side, lean the grip fractionally, feel what, what you know, that sensation of compressing the ball and, and moving that low point forward. Um, I think that's the, the place everyone should start. That's where they're going to get better. It's also going to help their short game, but it's really going to help their, their long game by learning where to move the low point, how to move the low point and what, what you know, how that even even relates to good golf shots. It's interesting you say that there about where do, where do we start? Because that's one thing we, that we always like to ask any coach really is, you know, if a golfer is looking to improve their golf swing, they listen to this now and going, yep, I mean, what you guys are saying makes sense. 
but where do I actually start? <laughs> you know, so what what would be anyone who's listened to this, see something online or maybe even a, a highlight of what you would do on a first lesson, I suppose. What would you recommend yeah. and how someone goes about changing their goal sync at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely start with with short game. Um, I would pre- and when I say short game, I mean short strikes. Um, I don't I don't necessarily want someone to grab a, a 60 degree wedge because they're going to get a lot of digging going on if they're trying to do what I just talked about. <laughs> but if they started with a pitching wedge or a nine iron and they, uh, first of all, tee up a bunch of balls and, and, and try to hit down. And when I say hit down, just by moving that low point, low point forward, getting their weight in their forward foot, feeling like, like their sternum is lined up with the ball at impact and their hands are, you know, slightly ahead of the club head. Uh, and then just hit five shots, take stock of where's the divots are, you know, number one, is there a divot? Number two is the, you know, if it's, if there's not a divot is the T bent forward or broken, you know, number, and, and I, and I realize a lot of people are practicing on mats, but if mm-hmm. you can get yourself on some grass to feel that interaction, um, that's, that's where I would really encourage people to, to start. You know, I often tell people that are struggling with it. I said, just picture yourself in the trees. And there's a big limb hanging down and your only job is to punch out of the trees, but there's a limb here. So what would you do intuitively to make sure that with a medium lofted club, it doesn't shoot up in the air and hit that tree. And a lot of people can kind of figure it out. Obviously we want to de loft that. I'll tell people make that nine iron look like a five iron at impact. And they just intuitively, they'll start getting into their, their forward side, leaning the shaft a little bit, but you know, amateurs, need to lean the shaft more top pros in the world are trying to have minimal lean because they're trying to optimize, but the vast majority of players need to lean. They, they can't lean it too much. In my opinion, they've got to, you know, just, you know, when we talk about the pro center, stay in that wrist cradle, feel it on the back of your hands, drag that grip, pivot out, raise the grip and compress the golf ball. Um, and, and, and for our pros out there, it, it's the same sensation. You're coming halfway down, but now you have the freedom to release it on your own pattern. Some people are roll releasers, some people are hold offers, and some people are square releasers. But you can do all of those with the pro set. Yeah, love it. I love it. I like I like what you're talking about. How I think I think it's 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 more and more now. If I'm looking at a golfer and I watch them hit a few warm up shots, I will I will go right. Okay, what can you do instinctively before I give you any information? If I can just take some videos before and take some data, some flight scope data, or whatever I need to do. And then go right. Okay, I've got my data and I've got my starting point. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test them and say, well, show me what you got. Do you, can you start it low underneath that branch or see, see this alignment stick I've just put in the ground? Can you start it right of that and then bend it left a bit? And you know, just just see what they're capable of doing. Yeah. And that's a lot better than because in my mind, because they they've got they've intuitively created that themselves, which should last for longer when it comes to them being able to change the golf swing. And then you can start putting in the little cues and the little feels to, to help enhance that. So yeah, I really like that. It was good. Absolutely. Good stuff. Brilliant. Um, well, we've got a quick fire, David. We always finish on a quick fire. So um, we always get some good, I think we had some interesting ones on the last one, Pierce. There was like a, a new one that we'd not had. I can't remember it, but it was definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go through these with you, David. First one, best piece of golf advice that you've had? Uh Patience, <laughs> patience is the. I think for everybody is it probably adapts to to life uh, just as much as golf or maybe more. But yeah, just be patient because when you think you got it, 
it's going to be gone. And when you think you're terrible, it comes right back up on the range the next day. Yeah. You never know what's, uh, what's going to happen the next day. Um, what's the worst advice that you hear in golf? Oh man, that's, that's, uh, I, I think probably the, just the worst overall, you know, visual in golf is trying to have everyone do something the exact same way. I think you got to find out how you move, what your limitations are, and you've got to seek a coach that's willing to work. You know, there's people that have, you know, I'm sure there's coaches out there that don't ask their students what their physical limitations are injury wise, like find someone who is really going to do a deep dive with you, understand what you can do, what you can't do and, and try to build off that and, and play your own game. Love it. Uh, what would you change about golf? Ah, uh, wow. What would I change about golf? That's tough. I love every bit about golf. Um, I'd like it to not take as long. <laughs> I would That's definitely, cool. I would be, I mean, I'm a traditionalist, but I'd also be okay if all of a sudden golf was 15 holes. I'd probably be okay. I could probably get a, I could get over that. I'd rather do that than limit the golf ball. Yeah. Yeah. Shorts let you less. I, I agree. I'd love to add, yeah, less time yeah. on the golf. Just, when you think about the world we live in, I mean, it, we live in an Amazon world where you press order and it might get delivered the same day. So I think over time, the game is going to have to try to be a little bit faster. You know, pickleball is like the hottest sport in America right now. It's because people can, you know, it's social and you can knock it out in a very quick amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, just think of that though. All the uh, all the golf courses that will have three amazing practice holes that you can practice on. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, two more. What's the best thing? Best thing about golf? Best thing about golf is just the relationships that you build. I mean, it's been the best thing in my life. You know, being around the game of golf, the people I've met, the things I've gotten to do. I've gotten to know you guys. I've I've played with two presidents of the United States. I mean, it, it's 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 been pretty amazing game. Just uh, uh, I'm certainly blessed to, to have it in my life for sure. Love it. And the final one, this is always a tricky one. It's, this is where the interesting ones come out. So um, what are three golf truths? What's true about golf? Three truths. Um, it's undefeated. Is number yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Golf truths, jeez, tricky one here. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, it brings a smile to your face and equally uh, pain <laughs> to your mind. <laughs> In the um, <laughs> Yeah, and and I I think it's just it's definitely good for the soul. You know, it's. Uh, in a lot of ways, it, just through the relationships you build, through the time that you have alone, you know, in your own mind. Um, and I think it's a reflection of who you really are, to be honest with you, how you act on the golf course is uh, it's probably who you are in, in, in your regular life, you know, how patient you are, or how, how upset you get, or whether you behave out there, whether you count all your score, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a mirror to life. I feel like. The best job interview ever made, I think. <laughs> I agree. I yeah. agree for sure. Well, David, look, thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting. Uh, I know the listeners will have, you know, some great things to take away from this. Uh, where can they find out a bit more about yourself and also a bit more about the, the pro sender? Uh, well, um, I'm on Instagram at uh, David Woods PGA and Twitter. Um, 
the ProSender is pro, is at ProSenderGolf and at ProSenderGolf.com. Uh, we have a ton of tour player swings on there. It, you know, really gives you a deep dive. We have uh, protocol videos on the website that are free for anybody to look at, give you a little bit more information about the product. But uh, yeah, it's been a hit. We're excited about it. And uh, on behalf of Sean Foley and I, uh, we thank all the all the fans so far that uh, that have purchased it or have, have uh, given their their good comments about it. And I really appreciate both of you for having me on. You guys are amazing. Um, you're you're a real asset to the golf business. I think uh, all the the knowledge and the information that you give out to to people around the world uh, is growing the game. So I, I greatly appreciate both you guys, and it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the years. Thanks, David. And we'll make sure we put the, all the details in the description so you guys can check all that out as well. Um, but yeah, David, thank you so much. Great. Awesome. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, David. Cheers. Pierce, another good guest, somebody who's got a lot of experience in the industry working with the best players in the world, but also amateur golfers. And it just shows as well from our side of things. We just know how important the role of the wrists and the hands are in the golf swings, even more for the amateur golfer who's listening to this. I just love everything that we're talking about when we're talking about helping the average golfer, the amateur golfer. I really like understanding how important the backswing is. And I think anyone listening to this, please just don't underestimate how important your backswing is because if we can get you where we want you with these wrists, with the body pivot, with the arms, guess what? That downswing just becomes so much easier and you haven't really got that much time to think about it. And we haven't got the time to work at it either at the range, unfortunately, because <laughs> we all have to go and do our proper jobs. Yeah. <laughs> but that was really good. David's just a great guy. Every time I was like, I was, I was like, why are you doing the quick fire, Andy? Which, oh, no, we've been going for over half an hour. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. We got through. Yeah, and we actually we came off with David, and David actually wanted to do, for you guys, the listeners, wanted to do a, a special discount on the Pro Sender, but the discount's only going to last for seven days. So click the link in the description. He's going to do a 10% discount, but it will only last for seven days, then it's going to go back to normal. So if you're interested in the Pro Sender and you want something to work on to improve your wrist, conditions then make sure you check that out and also look guys hope you enjoyed this podcast we love doing these podcasts because it enables us to dive a little deeper into different areas of the game and if you enjoy our coaching which hopefully you do then make sure you check out meandmygolf.com or download the me and my golf app where we actually have all our best content from all the coaching plans to loads of videos and, and everything else you need to improve your game so make sure you check that out and we will look forward to speaking to you in the next podcast with the next special guest, whoever that may be. Cheers, guys.